Welcome to Trade Avant-Garde Podcast. This is show number 12. It's great to, to have you joining us again. My name's John Warren, and as usual, my very good mate Ashley Ralph's here. Welcome, Ash. Hey, W. Good to be back. It is good to be back. Hey, Ash, it's been a long week already, hasn't it? And almost on the eve of the grand finals. Yeah, look, it's going to be a big weekend, mate, with the AFL on Saturday night. First time in, well, I think first time ever it's been a, a nighttime game, and, and obviously at the Gabba in Brisbane, mate, and then... Sunday evening, which is always the time slot for the your favourite game, the NRL. Well, by the time this uh, this goes to air, the results would have been done and dusted. So maybe from an AFL point of view, who, who are you tipping? And uh, we'll find out how, how good you are afterwards. I'm going to go with Richmond over Geelong. Yeah. And I'm going to go with, and this will be controversial because it'll be the losing side, Gary Ablett to win the Norm Smith. Gary Ablett, okay. On the losing side. Yep. All right. Well, I might go for Geelong then, <laughs> for no for no other reason than one of us will be a winner. Uh, and of course, uh, a real good mate, Dave Smith, down in Victoria. Worked with Dave for many years, and he was a mad Geelong supporter. So good luck, Dave, oh, on, is he? on yeah. the weekend. Yeah, I hope uh, hope your team goes well and picks up the flag. And of course, on uh, Sunday we have the NRL Grand Final. So they they're back in Sydney now. So Melbourne take on the Panthers. The Panthers have had an unbelievable run. I think six. 17, I think, straight wins. So one more will, will be a really good season for them. Uh, it'll be interesting. Cameron Smith, uh, there's talk that he might be retiring after this game as well. So there'll be a lot of... He's only 39, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. Um, uh, young. He's only young. But probably one of the best footballers in rugby league that they've ever seen. So, so I think uh, my tip... I'd like to see the Panthers win. I think uh, they're a young team that have worked really hard to... To get to where they are, and well, I'll go proven. to Storm then. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We won't we won't put a bet on it. That wouldn't be appropriate. But um, but hopefully, everyone out there, uh, whatever team you're going for, you you enjoy the weekend. Hey Ash, uh, as usual, we better get into some business. So today, another guest and uh, and one of the partners that have, have jumped on board with Innovative Traders Club. So today, I'd like to welcome Chris Osborne. Chris is the regional director for this is interesting. The regional director for WA, SA, and New Zealand uh, for Dell Technologies. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Hey, mate. What's uh, really excited to have Dell on board and uh, looking forward to this podcast because it's fair to say over the last few podcasts, our listeners have worked out that I'm not that technologically advanced. So I think there might be a little bit for me to learn today. But uh, mate, we always like to start off by uh, getting to know our guests and getting to know where they've come from and what they do. So, uh, hey mate, tell us about uh, you know your journey uh, and what it took to get to where you are today with Dell. Yeah, sure thing. So, when I've always been interested in IT, I suppose, and I, I, when I finished uh, uni, my first job was um, a little software company uh, in Adelaide and sort of a, a small business, family-run type uh, organisation. And, you know, I did, did everything from, sort of sales to, to training to storeroom, you know, you name it, procurement, really learnt, learnt the ropes of, of how a business works, which I think was really good grounding for me for the future. You know, and coming from a, from a sort of technical background, it evolved into, into sales, really. It, it found me rather than the other way around, I think. And then, you know, from there, I, I moved into another local organisation here, uh, here in Adelaide. I'm based in Adelaide. Uh, for a few years and then moved to another local organisation called Computer Corp here as well. Uh, And then that was probably after about uh, 
10 years, I suppose, and the opportunity at Dell came up. At the time, Dell had two employees in the state, a sales uh, sort of uh, resource for the whole of the state and a, and a pre-sales technical resource. So, uh, yeah, lucky enough to, uh, to get that, that opportunity, and that was, um, that was 15 years ago, 15 and a half years ago, actually. I haven't really, uh, really looked back since. It's, uh, I mean, the company is very different now than what it was then, but um, you have a fanta- fantastic company to work for and a uh, great opportunity at the time. And I look back now and sort of uh, can't believe it's 15 or six, nearly 16 years and, <laughs> and um, you know, here we are sort of thing. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, Dell, an amazing global brand, uh, Chris, and it must be a pretty exciting uh, industry to work in. I mean, if you thought about digital transformation, really at the, the leading edge of, of what that's doing to the world. Absolutely. I mean, IT industry is, is forever moving. I mean, it's so fast changing. You know, when you think one minute you're on top of it, a minute later there's something new. It really is a great industry to be involved in. And it's it's different now than it is today. It's so pervasive. I mean, it's in, it, in everything that we do is, uh, is information technology related, um, from your, your phone to your car to your fridge to, you know, you name it. it it's everything. So yeah, it's a great industry to be in, and, and as I said before, lucky enough to, to be working at, um, at one of the, the leading global brands. I mean, the thing that I really like about, about Dell, as I said before, it's ever evolving and changing and growing, but you know, it's consistently voted as one of the most, the world's most ethical companies as well. Recently ranked in the top 20 in global best places to work. Uh, really looks after its people and, um, and customers as well, and it's real sort of core tenants to, to everything that we do. And as I said before, the company has changed so much from really a, a laptop and desktop provider many years ago. Uh, in fact, the, the way the company started was, was Michael Dell, who he was, I think, about 18 or 19, started building PCs in his dorm room at the University of Texas, selling to family and friends um, in 1984. And here we are, 30, 30-odd years later, he's still the CEO and chairman of the company clearly worth uh, a few bucks more than he, uh, he was then, but um, his name's on the, on the front door and he cares very, very much about, uh, about how the company, um, uh, you know, what the company does for, for, for the world in general. Yeah, in that, uh, in that PC and computer space, Dell's been strong for, for a very long time. So t- talk to me about Dell Technologies. When did uh, Dell become Dell Technologies? 2016, primarily, was... Uh, Dell bought a company called EMC Corporation, a large, the largest actually um, uh, data storage uh, organisation, which had been around for a similar sort of time. It was at the time, and I think still is the largest tech merger in history. Wow! It was roughly fifty billion dollars US, major, major acquisition. Clearly, and that came with with a number of other uh, organisations as a part of that that acquisition, and that that then became Dell Technologies and clearly much broader portfolio of products and a much larger organisation. Uh, that, that's really where, where Dell Technologies uh, started. So, you know, the, the number one PC, number one server company in the world then became also the number one storage company, also the, the largest uh, um, software company uh, with VMware. So it really, it really came from, 
from that merger or that acquisition back in 2016. Hey, at the start, we talked uh, your title Regional Director for WASA and New Zealand uh, for Dell Technologies. So I'm not, did, you do something, did you do something wrong to have to cover <laughs> such a large part of Australia <laughs> New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's a good question. Um, it, it's, I, I often tell my boss uh, I'm dealing with uh, five cities, two countries, and th- four different time zones if you count the fact that WA doesn't have daylight savings. So, um, yeah, it's certainly uh, certainly an interesting breadth of geography, you could say. But uh, interestingly enough, the, the the market are quite similar, the size of the markets and, and uh, the different sort of organisations. There are some, some differences, clearly, but um, uh, and the people actually are, are pretty similar as well, I think, to... to Perhaps some of the eastern state markets, which are which are larger, uh, but yeah, I uh, I spend a fair bit of time on planes in general. So COVID's been good for me in that respect. Uh, I haven't had to do that much at all. Uh, so yeah, uh, certainly keeps me busy. So you mentioned about uh, not being on planes, and I'm sure that's a real good thing based on the geography. So I mean, thinking of Dell, a big global company, uh, and obviously the geography that you're currently covering. And then, of course, COVID on top. What are some of the changes that you've seen during this really unusual time that has transformed the way you do business, particularly from a geography point of view now without the ability to travel? Yeah, well, certainly um, when, when COVID really hit, we saw an enormous uh, immediate take-up of the ability to, to work from home clearly and also uh, business continuity. So the ability to be able to keep running your business uh, in a crisis. So... We saw a lot of organisations right through to sole, you know, sole traders right through to, to large enterprise organisations that, that were, re- were ready, planned for it, and were able to transition pretty quickly. Um, but we saw a lot that was. So what, what it sort of demonstrated was the ability to be able to, to, to plan for these types of things and be ready. If we look at our organisation, we already had probably upwards of 40% of our staff, global staff, you know, we're talking 140,000 people that had work from home capabilities. So we were able to move fairly quickly, yet you know, we know a lot of organisations that weren't. So, so they were probably the, the two, key, two key things, sort of immediate things. We also you know, heard of, of uh, a number of organisations that you know, were able to do projects that they have been trying to do in the last two years, these types of connectivity-type projects, so people could work from home with, with video meetings and, and those types of capabilities were able to do in three weeks. So it proved that uh, you know, the agility, broader than just the technology, but, but things like agility and, and, and governance around doing that within their own organisations uh, you know, could be done. So they're probably the, uh, you know, the, the, the main things that I would say that we've seen during this period. Just on, uh, just on that, mate, I'm fascinated about global organisations, especially one like Dell that seems so well from from the top down. You talk about being able to be agile in a market and we want our trading businesses, even you know the, the small one or two man bands to be agile in their markets. Did you guys like when when COVID hit um, and obviously it's affected you know affected globally in the true sense of, of what that means from a global market. Have you, are we planning for the future now that more and more organisations will work from home? And is that in your planning already? Or do we think when COVID's a thing of the past that, that the world may go back to how it was and people will get up in the morning, get their car and drive to an office? 
I, I think definitely just, just sort of my own personal opinion is it will definitely change. I think it will probably be a um, some sort of hybrid type approach from what yeah. we're doing, you know, what we were doing in lockdown to and what we we're doing beforehand. From from a Dell perspective, absolutely hybrid approach. We're we're already offering those people that that were office based uh, that that can uh, and that have been moved to, to home the opportunity to be more flexible with their working arrangements. And it gives, yeah, it, as you said before, it sort of goes to that, that that agility piece. I mean, there are some yeah, roles yeah. that are going to be that you need to be in the office for, for some period of time, um, yeah, and there are others yeah. that, that you don't. Um, field-based technical or, or sales resource, for example. It's all about identifying the, uh, the the persona, I suppose, of the particular user and building a, a technology profile to be able to support that. It's not one size fits all, and I think that that's probably the same. And what I'd say for, for for tradies as well, understanding what what you actually need and what you actually what is actually going to make you the most productive when you're going through this. Uh, Sort of looking at what IT you need to run your business. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you somebody that, that's always got your laptop driving around, going from one one from home office to the work office or to the work site or whatever it may be, or you're somebody that's always desk bound? There, there's different products for different use cases. I think that's that's the same regardless of the organisation size. Yeah, that's right, and and, and that's what we're you know the message is from small to large. You know, it, it it's it's not massively different. In a trading business, you have more people to run, you do more things in a larger business, but the core part of business is business. So, mate, we've been talking to tradies on these podcasts recently and, and probably more from the electrical industry in the beginning. Uh, and we know there's massive amounts of change in the electrical industry alone and so massive in those changes within the electrical business alone without all the other trading businesses. How do we how do we keep up or how do we help our, our tradies keep up with what what is the latest and, and what works for them? Yeah, look, it's an interesting question because, yeah, as I said, sort of off the top, it's difficult for somebody who works in the industry to keep up, to be frank. It's, and, you know, I think particularly, I think probably in, in the tradie world, the, the use of IT has been a, a tool to get the admin done. Yeah. Um, whereas where, where, where IT has moved to now is... As I said before, it's pervasive in everything. And I suppose the advice I would give is to, you know, to, to embrace it, embrace the fact that um, IT can be a real enabler. You know, things like, things like AI and those types of things are very, uh, you know, sort of sound a bit high-tech and a bit sci-fi, but they're here today. You know, embracing the fact that... Um, this is an opportunity to be more productive or have a differentiator for your business. Difficult as that sounds, you know, as I said before, that sort of mindset change is, is the advice I would give. And that will, that will by default then have the tradies looking at ways that they can be more, as I said before, differentiate their business or be more productive. You know, one of the things as an example of that is Internet of Things or IoT, which for, in simple terms is sensors and data, which is everywhere. Everything we use is collecting data all the time. And using that data to for, for data analytics to be able to be predictive with uh, with the way in which you approach your business, and you know, while a, a smaller electrical company might think that's way way sort of um, above where they are, there are there are many different potential use cases for that to differentiate their business to the next guy or be more productive. 
Hey, Chris, you mentioned IoT then, and uh, and I suppose when you bundle a few things together, you mentioned AI before, and, and that is, uh, I saw a few documentaries on on the impact that AI is really having, and it's sort of, it's literally controlling everything now, everything that we do is, uh, is some form of AI. But, but if you look at IoT and, and obviously cloud, uh, a lot of stuff now moving into the cloud, that's just normal. And cybersecurity is probably arguably one of the biggest threats I saw even today then would have been uh, in regards to our significant infrastructure that cyber security is our number one threat to to our national security now and so I suppose based on that how is technology driving change in the IT industry it's for, for traders it's going to have an impact and I think you touched on the fact that the traders traditionally use IT as a tool to do their to get their admin done but of course uh, we're moving past. We've already moved past that a little while back. So, so how is technology driving change in industry? Yeah, I think um, sort of as I said, as I said before, there's really in everything we we use today is is, is driven by IT. We talk about. You know, I sort of touched on the fact before um, some of the different customer types. A good example is is in the resources sector in Western Australia. They're they're trialing in some cases using autonomous vehicles example, uh, and autonomous machinery, which, as I said before, sounds a little bit sci-fi, but um, their, their trucks are all autonomous. So that thinking in that sort of, that is today, you know, that is happening today. So I think if we look into the future or even the very near future, having things like autonomous machinery to do, to do some of the tasks that a, that a tradie might do doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to need less people. What it means is you actually can be, as I said before, be more productive and be uh, have a differentiator or have something different that, that you bring to the table that's going to make your, your offering better. So, yeah, there are so many things. And I think this, this data analytics piece is the other one as well. There is so much data. Everything we do, every time we, we, we touch our phone or Google something or use our laptop or get in our car or go through the driving or walking where there's security lights or whatever it may be, there's so much data. And I think using that data that, that you as a tradie or as an organisation is generating to, again, as I said before, differentiate yourself and use that to advance uh, your knowledge of your customer base or your, um, your market or whatever it may be, improve the opportunities and, and um, um productivity it's interesting isn't it because without thinking about it it is all around us and and some of us are better than others at it and john's obviously better than me at it he tells me daily but uh i think if uh if we looked at it as you're just saying you know, no matter what you're doing there's something involved in it and instantly you know how many devices nowadays connect to the internet from your phone you know, i put up a new doorbell the other week and it's got a camera in it I can pull up on my phone to see who's there at the gate. You know, it, it's scary when you start to think about what really is going on and, and like you said, how much data is around. So it's, it's exciting, I think, for those going through. Are you ever too old to get involved in computers, mate, or IT? Well, I think I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's... Um, no, no, is the short answer. I, I'm in IT, clearly. I've got parents. I've got... Um, older aunties and uncles, but because I'm in IT, I'm the first guy they call to uh, to come and sort something out. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's a confidence thing. You're not going to break it, it's okay. Um, I think, uh, so yeah, short, short answer is definitely not. Uh, it's interesting when you talk to older traders, you know, it's, ah, oh, that's a young man's game. 
I just need to have my hammer in my hand or my pliers. So I think there's something out there in, in computing that can help everyone nowadays, no matter whether you've grown up with it, and a lot of us haven't. Um, we watch our kids nowadays and how fast they are and learn to get quicker as they come through. But I think it's a really good message that it's never too old, even at a basic level, it's going to make your life a bit easier or it's going to be able to do a, a process that's quicker. You know, I'll, I'll guarantee you there's traders out there still writing an invoice out in their book, in their carbon book, and handing it to the customer as they go to, to leave their house. So it's, I think there's a you know great message in that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, just sit down, think about what's in your own house. Mm. You know, you would have, if you've got, if you've got older kids, you've probably got five or six phones, you've probably got you know, a couple of TVs maybe, you've got one or two laptops if they're going to uni or, or whatever, you've got, and you know, you said before about your, your camera and all these, before you know it, you're in your 15, potentially 20 devices that are, that are <laughs> doing some, something. Like yeah. that are connected to the internet in some way and all of those are probably also have a trade related to them, whether it be electrical or plumbing or whatever it is chris you talk about how many devices and uh i'm not sure your personal view on the mbn but it can be challenging <laughs> the the promise versus the delivery is uh, is a whole world apart and ash and i obviously be being distant i'm in sydney and ash is in adelaide so we rely very heavily on a very good connection and, and even for things we're doing now and uh, we had a few problems yesterday and the broadband screen popped up to sort of alert me of an error and then it went through and sort of showed a list of all the devices that are connected within my uh, wi-fi zone and it was scary the amount of i think there was uh, over 20 there was and you f sort of forget right you got a phone i've got a tablet i've got a couple of tablets i've got the laptop with a couple of tvs that just connect themselves to it uh, we've got uh, some other uh, devices uh, appliances and then the kids stuff gets connected and it is amazing how much data is being used and uh, it's everywhere to your point it's you can't avoid it yeah, yeah, the, the data growth is, is staggering. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's like, you know, they're predicting more data growth the next year than, than in the rest of history. It just is growing exponentially because of the amount of edge devices, as they're called, that are collecting data all the time. And the, and the people that can utilise that data for, for the, the, the advantage of their business are the ones that are going to be on that path to, to digital transformation, as you said before. Yeah, like I said, mate, it's trying to work out how you've got all this data, how do you actually use it or, or how do you make sense of it? So it's a, it's a massive space to be in and, and I know people will be listening going, I haven't got any data, but they have. I've got databases with all their customers in it. They've got all the, they've got data and as you said, it's there. Yeah. Working out how to do it. Hey mate, I'm a trader wanting to uh, get a new computer, or I'm a trader wanting to start a business, and um, I've got my uh, I've got my hand tools and I've got my my Ute, but I haven't got anything else. You know, what are the top five things I should be looking at if I'm going to go out and buy a Dell computer tomorrow? Yeah, look, I think that and we've sort of touched on some of these already. I think the sort of key things is is around productivity. As I said before, there's lots of different options, and I have to think about the the particular use case. That, that you have and, and that you want to do. Is it uh, something, as I said before, that you're going to be moving around a lot and, and size and weight matter? Is it um, significantly just desk-bound for most of the time that it doesn't matter necessarily about weight? And can I, you can get a desktop instead, which is a sort of a cheaper option. Or even even something like a rugged, ruggedised laptop. We've got these um, 
fully rugged laptops that we are actually defence level rated. Um, they use them out you know, in the field and can be used underwater and in very dusty, dirty environments. We see in uh, utilities and on mine sites and these types of things where they're using rugged notebooks. If you think about a tradie that that's on site a lot in a, in a dirty, dusty environment, um, to have a rugged laptop that they can do their quotes or even invoices or whatever um, on the on the fly on the site would increase productivity tenfold uh, and not have to worry about it breaking or or anything like that. So so thinking about the particular use case and I think also outside of that is the ecosystem around that. Having a a, a couple of hundred dollars extra spend and get yourself a larger monitor on the side and a, and a, and a docking station to plug all your other peripherals in. Can uh, a keyboard and a mouse that you can um, use. So just increasing your productivity with you know with a few extra dollars. The other thing I would say is is support. I think as you start to to move your business into more of an IT more of an IT enabled business, you don't want to be you don't want to be down when something breaks. So you, the last thing you want to be doing is having to send your laptop or whatever it is or your tablet off. To, to whoever for two weeks, so they send you a new one back. Uh, we at, at Dell, our minimum level of support is is next business day on site. So that the, the absolute worst case is somebody's going to turn up tomorrow with a part to fix it, and it goes up from there. So that's that's definitely something you know that every day that you're out that device, when you are more IT enabled, is going to cost you money. And the last one I think John you touched on it earlier was was around security. Roughly or well, more than nine out of ten security breaches actually happen at the end user device. You know, we sort of think that hacking is hacking into the servers and um, in the data center, but actually more than 90% of the breaches happen at the end user. So uh, ransomware, emails or phishing or those sort of things, uh, or even social engineering when someone rings up and says, hey, can you send me a click onto this website or whatever it may be. So you know, ensuring that, that you know, the stuff that you want to keep secure have got got the, uh, uh, the the equipment that, that's able to do that, whether it's both hardware-based and, and also software-based, depending on the requirements. So they're probably the top three things that I would say. Probably, I could probably list off 20 easily, but uh, <laughs> they would be the, the top few. Hey, that, um, that rugged computer, mate, you talked about that uh, works underwater and the likes, would that work on the golf course for... John, he likes to play a bit of golf and he calls it networking. Yeah. But uh, yeah. would he be able to use that out there? Because it, I've got, I believe he also ends up in the rough and maybe in the odd lake or two. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the, the screen's great for reflecting off the uh, the light as well. So if it's a nice sunny day on the golf course, you don't have to squint with the reflection off the light. <laughs> so it's perfect. Actually, yeah. Oh, Sorry, no, Chris. Uh, I think we dropped out a little bit, and you probably misheard Ashley. He said about <laughs> the rugged one because um, he talks underwater. Would it be appropriate for that situation? And I think the answer would be yes. Definitely yes. yes. <laughs> every, every laptop will work underwater once. <laughs> These ones work underwater multiple times. <laughs> hey, mate. Um, leads us into. Uh, uh, you know, a really important part is uh, for the members and, and obviously the partnership is tell us um, more about the opportunity Dell are providing to our members um, to uh, partake in some of these deals. Yeah, look, really 
appreciative of the opportunity, actually. I think what you guys are doing is a great initiative and uh, we're absolutely more than happy, delighted to be, uh, to be part of it. So, so thank you. What we, uh, what we thought was a great way to, to go about it was to give your tradies effectively full access to, to our portfolio online rather than sort of limiting it to a, to a handful of products. Uh, have full access to the dell.com.au website and um, uh, your members get access to a, a coupon code specifically only for your members. And when they go through and, and uh, buy anything online at dell.com.au, punch in the coupon code and get additional discount from there, um, at least 5% uh, and above. So, uh, and that, that is on top of any other special that is happening online at that particular time as well. So it's, uh, uh, you know, we're talking sort of a laptop or a few other little things can, uh, can mount up pretty quickly. So as I said before, delighted to be part of it and you know, don't want to limit your, uh, your members to, to a handful of products, but full access to the, to the whole website and a coupon code for anything uh, with additional discount for anything that they, uh, they uh, purchase. Hey, Chris, look, that was a great summary. And uh, if you think about trades, and particularly trades with families, uh, that deal is, is quite unbelievable. I mean, if you've got kids going to school and stuff, uh, we all need these devices now. So the savings will be significant for the, the Innovative Traders Club members. Uh, for, for our listeners out there, and uh, if you want to become a member, uh, www.innovativetraders.club, you'll find us uh, there. And, and all um, uh, all the offers that uh, Chris and the Dell team have put together, you'll find on our website. Obviously on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, um, where else are we? LinkedIn. You'll, you'll find, just look for Innovative Traders Club and you'll find us. Hey, Chris, look, uh, time's got away really quickly again. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you sharing your time with us today. I mean, 15 years with Dell so far, so you've developed a really great career uh, with the company already. So Michael Dell, you talked about, to, who started the company, is still really active. So I, I think it sounds like an amazing, uh, amazing organisation to be with. 140 thousand staff i think you said around the around the globe so significant the top 20 employees in the world so impressive really impressive your summary i really enjoyed that i mean it has changed and is constantly changing so i suppose part of uh, this partnership or relationship is that we know members will always be at the leading edge because dell are, are sort of really invested in innovation technology and uh, I think it might be driving human progress might be one of the things that uh, dell is sort of inspired Absolutely. to do so that's that's unbelievably good. Uh, so more productive and productivity. And if you think about Innovative Traders Club, that's what we're talking about. Simplifying the business part of business and driving productivity. You mentioned data analytics, making better decisions, using that data to drive better decision making. And again, for tradies using these technologies, there's some uh, some very strong evidence that that's going to make a difference. Uh, when you talk about um, the types of IT they choose to use, so deskbound. So so some tradies that would make sense they do all their stuff in their office when they leave they go and do the work so you've got that option and then you talked about mobile so whether it's uh, whether it's size or weight depending on their needs like ash talked about underwater as he's talking away with his his nice still rugged version those robust environments and tradies typically do work in that so i think uh, dell's got them really well covered the ecosystem i love that little story because it makes sense productivity when they come home with a laptop they put it into the docking station done it's fully connected, it's powered up. They've got their, their mouse and their, their keyboard is all automatically connected wirelessly uh, to save so much time. So some really good solutions there that, um, that Dell's offering. Uh, IT support and experience, probably more than anything else, one of those peace of mind things that the tradies need. My experience with Ash is that 24 hours a day for IT support is probably not enough. <laughs> we probably need to extend that. Uh, 
but mind you, you're going for sort of New Zealand to WA, so I'm not sure how many hours you have in your, your working day, probably 34 <laughs> or something. And then, of course, security. And that was an interesting stat. You said 90% of the problems happens at the end user for the ransomware and stuff. So for the traders out there, make sure that you have the right hardware and softwares when you do go and see Dell to make sure that you are well protected. And uh, and because everything's now cloud-based or on your computer somewhere, it's important to do that really well. So that's a bit of a wrap from me, Chris. I hope that's sort of covered all the, the main points that you wanted to share with us today. We, again, we really appreciate your time. Thank you very much to you, Ash. That's it. That's uh, show number 12 done now. So whether in the ute, the van, the side shed, the office, or maybe you're sitting there trying to reboot your hard drive. Uh, we thank you for sharing your time with us today. Uh, joining us at Trading Armand Guard. Uh, we'll see you next time. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll speak with you soon.